what the deal be this is the spawn on me podcast 2020 edition what is the deal y'all i hope everyone is doing well out in bracaga i hope you're all doing really really dope i hope you had a wonderful new year i hope you had a super fun and chill uh holiday and a dope uh weekend for sure uh want to make sure that you're all chilling and hanging out with us and rocking super hard because 2020 is going to be very very fun uh we have lots of cool things in store for you all and i'm really excited to to be back in the saddle again shout out to zay is nerd in the chat shout out to everybody on twitch land shout out to everybody in podcast land yo so 2020 is going to be pretty interesting in lots of ways. I'm hoping that everyone is going to be really thinking in big ways about what they want to do in all the spaces that you create content and all the places that you want to uh, be doing good work. Um, I'm really excited to to be back and to be re-energized and looking at um, uh, uh, the future of what Spawn on Me is trying to do. I had a lot of time to kind of sit back and, and think about um, just, you know, the way that we are kind of representing the space and, and how we're trying to do things that are different. Um, there's some revamps to our Twitch presentation, which if you're watching us on Twitch, thank you. Uh, and uh, really excited to, to showcase all of those things. If you saw us on social media, you saw some of the uh, you got a quick blurb of some of the stuff that we were doing, a quick like sample of some of the things that we're bringing to you in terms of revamping um, the presentation side of what we want to do and also how it's going to change the format of what we do uh, here on Twitch and um, in the podcast itself. So um, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot has been about growth, right? Growth is a huge thing for any content creator, especially ones who have been doing this for a very long time. Uh, we've been, we're coming up on year six of this project of Spawn on Me being a thing. And it's, it's, it's daunting to think about just how much you have to do to keep up and how, how you want to kind of continue to grow, uh, everything that you're doing. And some themes kind of came up in my mind about how I want those things to kind of manifest themselves in the show. And, and honestly, like one of those things is growth. One of those things is prosperity. One of those things is reconnection uh, with the community in a, in a, in a good way. Uh, making sure that, that we're paying attention to not only the, the wants of what I'm hoping to bring to the table, but also asks of, the community themselves and, and, and how we want to grow Bracago in a real way. I feel like I had a great conversation with, with a young cat, um, over the break. And he asked me some good questions about like what I thought we needed to do to grow, what I thought we needed to do in terms of making the space better. Um, and I, I came back a little bit frustrated, not by the questions themselves, but by, where I think we are and where I hope uh, hope for us to be in this next year. And I think about, you know, we as a now one person team still f uh, fundamentally uh, looking to change the space in a real way in terms of spotlighting people of color and, and showcasing our prism and the way that we think about what we want to do in this space and how we view games and how we, um, you know, how our cultures uh, kind of push gaming forward in a real way. 
how all those things really kind of make themselves real within our show every week and then kind of broaden that out into, you know, what we think about for the rest of the year. And I want to get back to our roots in a little bit of a way. I never, th- I never felt like we moved away from any of those things in a, in a significant way, but I, I, this is the year of kind of doubling down on some of that stuff. So uh, doubling down on effort, doubling down on reconnection to the community, doubling down on trying to get some of the biggest names on, on the planet, on our show in real ways. And I think about, I think back about last year and in, in the previous years. And I'm like, for a POC centered hosted podcast that is doing stuff in video games, we have brought some of the biggest names in the industry to all of you at home and all of you at Twitch. And I feel like we haven't gotten our due and I want to figure out ways that we can do that work so we can even get better and bigger and represent all of the hard work and hours that have gone into the project and all the support that you've all given us both through your time, effort, energy, money, uh, to make sure that we're doing dope things in 2020 in a real way. And I want all of you at home to be a huge part of what that is, uh, going forward. Um, so that will be more in terms of, you know, we have our newsletter that goes out every couple of weeks. That'll be restarting this week coming up. Um, we have our secondary show, some more thoughts that are going to be uh, broadening out some conversations that may not just necessarily just be about gaming um, uh, for our Patreon folks. And then uh, a couple of days later, it goes out to everybody else on the main feed. Um, and again, like there are some things that are already kind of lined up for early 2020 uh, that will hopefully continue to build what we what we want to do. Um, in, in fundamental ways and, and also in, again, like trying to build out what we want all those things to be. So we're in this ride together. Uh, I again, give everybody at home massive amounts of love for rocking with us for so long and continuing to push me and to continue to, to send good words and coming into the chat and coming and hanging out into, to all this stuff. Um, about how all these things are going to kind of manifest themselves and, and, and build themselves out into, into big ways. So with that said, um, you know, I think that everything is, is moving in fantastic directions. I'm really hopeful for 2020. Um, I'm really hoping to collaborate with more folks, um, and help to kind of build out what we want to do in a real way. Um, and before we get too, too, too much further into the weeds, Let's get into the news and talk about what's on the 411. So first up on the news this week, we have a lot of cool stuff on the 411. Uh, 411 is going to be where we talk about all cool things that are happening within the news of the week. Um, And this week, we have a couple of really cool stories that are going to be dropping and stuff that has been talked about throughout the gaming universe, uh, per se, uh, and lots of things that have come up uh, over the past week. Uh, So the first thing that we want to dig into this week is a conversation that happened a little bit late in the week. I think it happened around Thursday or so uh, where Matt Booty from Team Xbox uh, was 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 in a conversation with the dope folks over at. uh, Let's see. What was that? It was MCV UK. Um, And it was a great article about where he was thinking about the direction of 
where they want to kind of start off in the next generation with their console and where they kind of want to move in terms of uh, setting up first party titles and talking about where things are going to lean towards uh, everything that's happening in the space. Right. So one of the conversations that happened in the previous gen uh, was about, you know, is Xbox going to be able to kind of make sure that they're paying attention to what consumers want in real ways? And are they also going to be able to satisfy uh, consumers with the offerings that they bring to the table right out the gate? Uh, one of the things that they felt was a was a downturn for them last last uh, last generation or I guess the end of this generation was the fact that they didn't really have a lot of, uh, of big titles in in the hopper. They didn't have a lot of games that you would stamp and say, these are our first party titles. These are going to be the ones that you will drive sales, the ones that will make sure you run to the store and go snag stuff. And that is still still a little bit of an issue, right? Where it's like, we don't know exactly what is going to be coming down the pipeline besides things like Halo Infinite, uh, Bleeding Edge, which is a game that I think is going to be really cool and, and maybe possibly a a, 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 a uh, sleeper hit in some ways because it's from Ninja Theory and all those things. Um, but it is one of those things where we still are trying to figure out how we want um, Xbox to kind of perform in that space. Um, Hellblade 2, uh, Dave from the chat shared that out. Agreed. Hellblade 2, which was the, the game that they showed as the kind of pinnacle initial viewpoint of what games are going to look like on on the new xbox was was something that we saw and that was really interesting so matt booty goes into the 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 conversation and the blurb that got the most kind of i guess i guess traction uh during that conversation was one where he basically talked about um the Xbox not necessarily having first party titles right at launch that are going to be dropping with the console and everyone lost their minds when that piece came out because everyone freaked out. Everyone talked a whole bunch of stuff and said, yo, there's no exclusives for Xbox coming out for the Xbox Series X. What's going to happen? This console's dead. No one cares about it now because there's no initial uh, first uh, first title that's going to be the one that dropped there, which is not true anyway, because they've always talked about the conversation being one in which um, Halo was probably going to be dropping either at launch or fairly close to launch. Um, so that wasn't a true statement from the Internet, as we as we've always seen, the Internet always has their thing. Um, but the but the the direct quote was, as our content comes out over the next year, or two years, all of our games sort of like PC will play up and down that family of devices. Uh, Booty explains, uh, we want to make sure that if someone invests in Xbox between now and Series X, that they feel that they've made a good investment and that they're and that we're committed to them with content. So Matt Booty, that's a reasonable statement, right? I feel like if we're talking about where they want to position themselves right now in terms of how they want to look forward. They're already laid a really good foundation for um, how we all are, how we all are going to ingest and consume the content that comes out of 
the Xbox ecosystem. And, and I say ecosystem specifically because that's what they're doing in terms of laying the foundation for what they are wanting to do going forward. It's not just about Xbox Series X. It's not just about um, um, xCloud. It's not just about Game Pass. It's about all those things in conjunction and how they all want to work together in a real way so that when you are buying a game, you're looking at that as a purchase into the ecosystem and that ecosystem purchase gives you more flexibility to kind of move around the space, buy things here and experience them over there, move from one console or one application or one platform to another and do that work in a way that feels good and feels smart and is interesting. I am on team booty with this one. Um, Team booty makes a lot of sense right now. And I'm hashtagging that right now as team booty. You heard it here first on spawn on me that team booty is a thing. And I just hashtagged it. I don't care. Get out of your dirty minds. I don't care, but it's dope. But team booty is making a smart decision here. If you look at it in terms of where they have been, where they're trying to go, and then what's supposed to happen with all the games going forward. Some other tidbits that I really liked and appreciated from that article was how uh, Matt Booty was talking about how he wants to spread the love across the studios that Microsoft has acquired. And I felt that that was a really important, important point. Um, When you go into the conversation about where you want things to land, um, one of the conversations that you always see when kind of uh, studios kind of either conglomerate or they uh, have been acquired or that they've kind of uh, been attached to a larger company, you know, we saw Double Fine get brought into the Xbox Fold or the Microsoft Fold over at E3 last year. And we see, you know, sometimes when that happens, you lose a little bit of yourself in the ethos of your studio uh, because you have to then kind of uh, maneuver within the, the, the Borg, as they say. Uh, of the bigger company. You have to kind of adapt to what they want you to do as opposed to kind of keeping the, the, the things that you like and, and maintaining that kind of that energy and, and, and stuff right there. I always find that really interesting because it happens so often. And it was great to see Matt Booty talk about how he didn't want that to be um, a part of what they do. Um, I felt like that was really interesting. Um, he says um, in the article He says, we have this amazing collection of 15 studio leaders. And if we're always acquiring new things, there will always be somebody who's the new person. You always have the idea. I'm sorry. You always have the older studios and the newer studios. And what you don't get in that situation is them treating each other as peers and sharing information or expertise. Um, I like the fact that he talked about that. I feel like that is a thing that people who are paying attention to game development and paying attention to how the soup gets made can appreciate that as an understandable fact that this is what they're trying to do going forward for not only the studios that were initially brought in the ninja theories and the obsidians like that, uh, uh, but other studios that they may be looking to, to bring into the fold later um, or, or in the future to say like, here's really cool stuff that, you know, you'll be able to, of course, pull on the, the, the wealth of knowledge from other folks, uh, from other teams, but also we want to make sure that you are good in the space that you have. And we want to foster that in a real way. Um, so 
for all the hubbub that came about on the internet uh, over the past couple of days about Xbox has no exclusives and I'm not going to buy a new Xbox now because of what, what Matt Booty said and because of all these things that are in the space, it feels again like the internet doing what it, what the internet does, which is silly and unreasonable. But it also speaks to just how smartly I, be, I believe and think that Xbox is kind of maneuvering um, with Sony still not really giving us any tidbits on where they want to kind of go yet. Um, in terms of anything besides the logo that got shared out on the PS5. So Team Booty, I rock with you. I think that's dope. I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of what we want to see happen um, in the initial kind of phases. And I, and I think, again, like the idea of cross-gen being a bad thing, I think Sony's going to do this too. Like, damn sure the, that The Last of Us 2 is not just going to be a PS5 exclusive. They're going to have a PS4 version that's going to link across to, 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 to PS5 in some way. They'll have whatever their enhanced version is. And so will uh, Microsoft when it comes to some of the titles that will be on their platform. So the idea that cross-gen is a bad thing doesn't make sense. And it also just makes a lot of sense for them from a monetary, from, from a money standpoint and from their Game Pass standpoint um, to give you all the access for what you could possibly use um, in a real way. So uh, kudos to them. Kudos to Team Booty. Uh, we want to get Matt on the show at some point because I think that this conversation is one that's very interesting and smart. Um, and and it's, it's a very big difference between what we've seen in some previous years, <laughs> the metric years, uh, when those things came up in, in terms of conversation. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And, I, and I'm hoping that that's going to be a thing that we see in a real way. Um, kind of come to fruition in, in, in good spaces. Um, moving on, uh, we have a couple of other stories for the week. Uh, one of the things that came up during CES that I thought was particularly interesting uh, was their debut of a concept called the Alienware UFO console. I thought that was something that was pretty interesting in terms of what they want to showcase for um, the next gen going forward. Um, it is a Switch-like device um, that runs PC games, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, the fact that they are kind of moving into the same form factor is, is even more interesting because PC, PC games, when you think about the power that you need to, 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 to run those things well and to kind of showcase them in a good way. It is not easy to squunch down. That's not a real word. Squunch down all the, uh, components and all the pieces to make that piece of kit work well in that small form factor. Um, but the idea that Dell and, and, and Alienware are trying to do this is pretty cool in concept. I think, the, the major things that we'll see as being problematic for them are going to be price for sure. Price, I don't know how you get a kit that, that, that quote-unquote powerful to be able to run full PC games in a handheld down under $1,500. I don't know how you do that. And if you do make it at that price point, who in the hell is going to buy that thing? Um, I do like the fact that they have kind of copied the form factor of the Switch. I think the Switch has proven to be 
depending upon your hand size, I still have issues playing my switch in a non docked version um, because my hands are larger. Uh, but the fact that they use that as both a form factor that they thought was smart in both forms, the one that is the dockable form and the one that is kind of all of it in the handheld is very smart. Um, and I, and I kind of really dig the way that they showcased, uh, the, uh, kind of controller component to it. It has its own versions of joy cons that you kind of snap off, um, an eventing, uh, backplate that also kind of uh serves as a stand for it um it's a really interesting idea um i don't know how heavy that thing is going to wind up being i think it's probably going to be massive in terms of weight uh it probably won't be as light as a switch or and definitely not as light as a switch light um but the the other parts of that that are caveats that it may be problematic are one the fact that you probably will only get, and I think they shared this during the CES conversation, around two hours of battery life on that thing, which defeats the purpose of carrying around something that big, which has an eight inch screen on it, to only get two hours of life out of it. It's like you're kind of carrying a big netbook, uh, not a netbook, a big uh, gaming power book that used to only really get you to like four hours of gameplay when that was off off a, off a uh, AC, AC wire or, or plugged in. Uh, to move from a smaller form factor that you would hope to have more battery life, but then you get half that uh, to be able to play it in such a way. So I'm not excited about that part of it. I think that's kind of a bad, a bad maneuver on their part. Um, And it's not going to run more than likely at 60 frames per second, at least this first iteration that which they shared uh, both in non docked and docked form. Uh, the, the folks over Engadget ran a really good piece on it early on, uh, right, right after they showcased it. And they were like, yeah, it's not really running at 60 frames yet. Although many, although many games, um, even on console don't run at 60 frames. It is a, it is a version of PC gaming that I don't think a lot of people actually want in a real way, which I, which I find also interesting that they kind of bridge the gap in between that space too. And did it in a way that isn't necessarily as good. Um, so it'll be really cool to see what this winds up becoming. I think it's interesting in terms of what we uh, think of when we talk about um, what handheld gaming can be, um, especially from a PC perspective. Um, but those same things are always going to be in the space. Price is always going to be a huge factor to that. And then again, you know, what games am I going to be able to play? Like if I can play Red Dead 2 on this thing and play it well, even if it's at 30 and it's stable at 30, that would be worth it to a certain extent. I think that would be worth it. If I can play Overwatch or if I can play Apex Legends from a a PC perspective, not a PP perspective, (laughs) a PC perspective uh, on a handheld device like this, it might be worth it. But then again, again, the pricing is going to be key. Anything that is under a thousand dollars, I think is a win. Anything at a thousand and above, I think automatically just rules it out uh, from being a thing that people would want, want to purchase in a real way. So we'll see how that works. Uh, I, I give Alienware and Dell kudos for, for putting this out in the world and making it a thing uh, because it shouldn't be a thing but they totally did. Uh, and I'm excited to see where they go next with it. Uh, it'll be really cool as well. 
Um, last piece of news for this week was something I saw over an IGN, which I thought was really interesting. Um, a game that I'm really excited for in 2020 when it comes down the pipe uh, and is one of my most anticipated games uh, of 2020 is going to be Disintegration, um, which I think is going to be super dope. Um, I got a chance to play it at uh, E3, I believe. Uh, this past year, it was PAX, actually. It was PAX. And um, it is this really fun hybrid of M uh, MOBA style gameplay and a shooter and a tactical game all in one where you're basically in this hovership uh, and you have uh, folks who are your ground troops and you're ordering them to kind of take positions and 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 finish off fights and, and attack other uh, units and enemies. So it has this RTS feel, but it also feels like a, a top down shooter, but also feels like a MOBA. Uh, and IGN, who is doing a month-long look at in, uh, disintegration from the folks over at V1 Interactive, if you did not check out our interview uh, with the folks over there from PAX, check out our YouTube channel. It's over there. Um, but I'm really excited for it. And they put, they're, they're doing more information or sharing more information about the game uh, that drops uh, or that will be dropping at the end of the year or towards the end of the year from what I remember. So really excited about what that's going to look like. Um, if you have not checked it out, make sure that you do. Um, and when disintegration drops and blows up, know that we were the first person, first couple of people who to tell you about it. So uh, we get kudos and props for that stuff early on in the year. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, make sure you're chilling here in Twitch land. Make sure you're chilling in podcast land. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. We are back, and this is the Spawn on Me podcast. I'm your host, Khalif Adams, rocking with you from here in the far reaches of Chicago. We have lots of cool things that are coming up uh, and things that we will definitely want to share with you all uh, here in the show and in many forms and formats for what we got going for all of you. Um, so this week, I've been playing a couple of different things. Uh, there's been some stuff that's been on my plate. Um, from a couple of gaming perspectives, uh, I've kind of gone back into an old game uh, that I really love and and kind of got back into because of uh, my friend over at Kind of Funny, Andy Cortez, uh, who has been playing Overwatch a bunch. And um, I, I, I kind of got out of the Overwatch space for a while um, and didn't really play anything for a bit. Uh, because I kind of wanted to, I was kind of trying to figure out good ways to play various things, uh, that I hadn't really got a chance to mess around with. 
but also trying to figure out kind of getting into my uh my 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 pile of shame basically trying to dig through some of those things um and figure out what i was going to be able to uh play there and dig into in real ways so a couple of things uh have popped up throughout the the past couple of weeks um escape from tarkov was one uh overwatch was one and for sure overwatch has definitely been the thing that i have been playing the most of late um i've been playing it super late night and kind of just digging into the aspects of of jumping in and kind of learning again some of the new characters and making sure that i have been like you know really giving it some time and effort and energy to be able to 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 feel like i was good again um and it's been so much fun like i know a lot of people have been you know, talking about the kind of political aspects of what Overwatch has been doing. It was a great piece uh, that came out. I think it was on Kotaku uh, the other day uh, that talked about Diva in the new costume that got put out. Shout out to Apple Cider uh, Witch who who wrote that piece um, and talked about you know how that costume, the new kind of schoolgirl uh, Japanese schoolgirl costume, was was um, a bad look for them to kind of kind of showcase. Um, great conversation within that, but, um, I have been really digging it. It's been so much fun to go back into a game that feels and fuels my competitive need. Uh, that has always been good. Like I miss the parts of being able to play a game and feel like I want to win in a way and also have good teammates and play and communicate and feel smart about when you do something that's tactical or when you've done something that showcases not only the skill of yourself, but of the skill of your, your other teammates and the skill of the characters that you play. I mean, I'm a huge fighting game fan. So it's like my, my play with mortal Kombat is something that I consistently do. Um, but that's a one-on-one thing. That's like, if you mess up, then that's on you to mess up. And if you're not really, uh, uh, playing well, you can be, you can compensate by having good teammates and having good people who play with you, um, who are, who are knowledgeable about not only the tactics and the meta of the game, but also really knowledgeable about their own characters and what they do well and the synergies that play along within those spaces. So those things are really fun uh, to be able to get into and to play and to understand how those things work. Um, but it's been so much fun. Like I've been rocking. It's been dope to play with Andy, uh, who's really good at, at playing as well. It's been nice to find new people to play with again, which has been weird because that's a thing that you don't get anymore or it doesn't feel like it um, unless you're specifically going out and asking for people uh, to be able to do that stuff. Um, it's hard to find good ways to play uh, with with fun people who know what the hell they're doing. Uh, that part just sucks. Um, like playing with folks who aren't good. It's okay. But when you can play with folks who are like phenomenal or at least are competent, then it changes the way you play in actual real fundamental ways. And that's great. I love doing that. Um, that always feels good. Um, and overwatch is always a thing that I've really just like wanted to get better at. Um, it's 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 nuts when you go into a, and play uh, with characters who you're not good with, and you see just how fantastic people are who have like mastered those characters. Um, I remember playing somebody who was rocking with a Hanzo, and they were just like murking people. They were just killing people left and right with arrows, and especially because now there's crossplay, 
you can absolutely tell when you are playing with people on console versus when you're playing with people who are uh, playing just on PC. Somebody last night did some bugged out flick shot and just murdered like five people. Um, and it was one of those things where we were just like, okay, I just got to give it up to God or give it up to whatever you believe it. And just be like, yeah, I got to take that L and put that L on my forehead and just keep it moving because they're just too good. Um, but it gives, also gives me the ability to um, think about playing more on PC. So one of the things that I've been trying to do of late is learn how to play on mouse and keyboard. I was raised on a controller. I've always had a controller. I really didn't get into PC gaming much later in my life because I just didn't have money to buy a PC. And it wasn't on top of my list of things that I felt were really important for me to enjoy the games that I play. But now I'm learning really slowly and really badly um, how to try to play on mouse and keyboard. And it is a struggle. It is a struggle and a half uh, to be able to learn how to play on mouse and keyboard because I'm just not good at it. And it sucks not being good at a thing. Not being good is not fun. Um, it, it is not a thing that I enjoy. Uh, I don't like it. I wish it was the thing. Uh, but it's one of those things that you have to learn how to do, uh, especially if you're trying to learn how to play a game in a real way. Um, and the game that I've been learning on is escape from Tarkov. So escape from Tarkov is a unforgiving game. If you're familiar with, um, any of the conversations around it of late, you probably have heard mostly about how they talked about how they can't put women in the game, uh, because they can't animate them and do all this other stuff. Uh, which is so unreasonable and stupid and makes no sense because we've seen so many games do it and they came out of the gate and a, a great, great uh, conversation sparked because of uh, a piece that was uh, shared from Patrick Klepek, um earlier or, or, or later or past this week or in the previous week, I should say um, where he kind of delved into basically that they should have, should, shouldn't have said anything. They just kind of kept it moving and, and, and not pulled more attention to themselves. Um, that aside, that stupidity aside, we've seen a huge growth of the game because of streamers who are have big audiences like Dr. Lupo and Grimm, Grimm's and a, and a couple other folks like play this game on a, in a consistent basis and kind of have bubbled it up in a real way to the top of the Twitch um, directory, which has been interesting. Um, it's been something that you know, games like this that are kind of survival uh, hoarder games, because it's a hoarder game more than anything else. Like, yes, there are skills to it. There are lots of tactics um, that go along with it. Um, and those tactics that go along with the gameplay, you know, of you scavenging and kind of going in and knowing the maps and understanding where things will spawn, like all those things are super intriguing. Like the one-to-one -one realism version of the game where you're like, you can look down the barrel of your, uh, of your the receiver in your gun and see like okay I have I have a couple bullets left in it or if I dump a whole bunch if I dump a whole clip of ammo into a person I need to go get that clip back off the ground so I can put it back into my inventory so I can fill it back up with bullets later on when I leave the map if I've survived it um, that roguelike uh, uh, parts of the game where basically if you die you lose all your stuff uh, except for if you put them in specific parts on your body, like those things are really interesting. 
you know, survival mechanics of, you know, you got shot in the leg and now you have to maintain that leg until you get to an escape point. All those things are really dope and really difficult if you don't know how to use a mouse and keyboard uh, to manage all those things. So I'm doing this on the in on hard mode for sure. And I don't know if I'm enjoying it because of my lack of ability or if it's just because that game is so demanding and what it asks of the player to be able to do in real ways. I'm thinking about and trying to figure out other games that um, I should be playing to learn mouse and keyboard. So anybody in Bricago, please let me know uh, what you think about that, what games you know, you learned to play mouse and keyboard. Now, mind you, when I learned how to type back in the forties, uh, no, I'm just playing back when I was a, a super young person. Um, I learned through playing video games that were very simple and, and, and they weren't even games. They were basically teaching you how to type. Um, but I want to learn how to play on mouse and keyboard. And I would love to be able to, um, have some games that aren't amazingly frustrating to learn. Um, but it would be really cool to feel like I'm not an idiot while I'm doing some of that stuff. So if there are games that you can think of uh, that play into that, please let me know. I think it would be really dope. Uh, you know, stuff that you feel would be fun and also interesting and, and get you into that space where your eye hand coordination, all those things kind of really come into play uh, while also kind of teaching you how to use those other fingers that you don't really use. Cause like, it's hard to, when you're WASDing, you know, your WASD to maneuver your person around like those, that's easy after a while. Like that gets fairly simple, but when you're starting to have to reach for other keys, like number keys and all that other stuff, and sure you can macro some of that stuff and you can put some of those things on your mouse. Uh, it's all daunting in a way that is not necessarily fun. Um, but it is the barrier to entry to getting into playing on a, in a keyboard and mouse in a real way. So I'm excited for that prospect. I'm trying to figure it out and it's difficult as hell, uh, to be able to get there, but that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for, um, in the next, in the next year or so to be able to do some of that, do some of that stuff. Um, we had a really dope question from, uh, the cinephile guy in the chat this week. And he says, what are some of my most anticipated games in 2020? Um, I'm looking forward to lots of different things. I'm looking forward to, uh, of course, cyberpunk 2077 is high on my list. Um, watchdog legions, which, which is supposed to be coming out this year. I'm really excited for, um, what else is dropping dreams coming out of uh quote unquote beta. Uh, I'm going to be talking about something in reference to dreams on some more thoughts this week. Uh, because if you've seen the conversation around or the, the making of their English breakfast, um, there's a part of that conversation I want to talk about over there, um, as well. Um, but there's a lot of stuff coming out like DLC stuff for ML, um, ML, MLK 11. That's funny. Uh, for MK 11, <laughs> Uh, stuff like that, that's supposed to be dropping is going to be really dope. There, there are lots of, there are lots of things that are, that are coming out that I'm very, very much excited for. It's interesting when you kind of start the year to kind of go over the list of things that you want to kind of play. Um, it's always runs into each other, like throughout the year, like tunic is a game that's supposed to be coming out soon. I want that game a whole bunch. Like that game is going to be fire whenever it drops. Uh, 
you know, I want to see what games are just going to look like on next gen consoles. Like if Halo is dropping, like they say, Halo Infinite is dropping, like they say, um, uh, you know, in, in, in conjunction with the launch of the, of the system, like, hell yeah, I'm jumping into Halo again. Like that game is going to be fire. Um, and it's going to be really dope. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to be kind of coming into the space, uh, that I'm, that I'm hyped for. Uh, it's just a matter of like, if it drops and when it drops and how, how cool is it going to wind up being when it does drop? Uh, so there's a lot, a lot of things kind of in, in the pipeline and, and then coming down, uh, the space, uh, in a, in a real way that I'm hoping are going to be, uh, very, very cool, uh, when they do drop, um, Levester says in the chat as well, says, what about highlighting a dev and smaller games a month? Uh, she dreams elsewhere comes to mind. I'm definitely going to be talking, uh, to, uh, the cats who are making she dreams elsewhere this year. Um, I have a huge list of, of guests that I want for 2020. Um, and they are definitely on it. Um, one of the things that we're going to be doing, and I'm happy that you said this Levester, uh, in terms of spotlighting, either a dev or a thing that's happening within a month. Um, we're going to be doing that in our newest, uh, segment that we have on Swanomi. That's going to be called who's invited and who's not invited to the cookout. So one of the things that we're going to be doing on Swanomi in the foreseeable future is we're going to be having a segment called who's invited, who's not invited to the cookout. So if you're familiar with the black Twitter saying of, yo, such and such is invited or such and such is not invited to the cookout, um, then you understand the format for which, the, for which this segment is going to produce. Um, one of the things we wanna do is we wanna sh uh, uh, put a spotlight on and showcase at least one person who's been doing something really dope this week or someone's been doing something fire in the past week. And then also when things are not great, we're going to talk about the things that are not great and, and put a spotlight on those things as well. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the dopeness that is blessing Adioye Jr. Uh, big fan of this young man's work uh, who recently moved from the OK Beast podcast and fulfilled his life dream of going to work in the industry with the dope folks over at Kind of Funny. Um, I am amazingly happy to, to know this young man, uh, to see the drive that this cat has, has been amazing. Um, it was really dope to get a wonderful surprise when Kind of Funny Day happened uh, this past week and to find out that Blessing was joining the team. Um, he and I have had conversations over the past year or so when we, we, I brought him on to, to be on our 300th show back at PAX and then, you know, conversations just about the industry stuff and playing video games behind the scenes. Um, but it's been so dope to be able to see somebody like him kind of figure out and maneuver and to, um, at such a young age, um, push for some of the things that he's gotten to push for see those things grow, like growing OK Beast into a formidable monster podcast and monster bunch of shows has been fantastic. Um, seeing them kind of push as a group and as a collective to build something really dope. And then seeing that maneuver blessing into a good space to be able to, to 
to go and do something that he's always wanted to do, which was getting getting into the industry and to be getting into the industry with um, amazing dopes like like kind of funny um, just really brings me a lot of joy. Like I remember seeing him get to guest host uh, with Xavier, Xavier Woods and seeing all that black excellence on screen made me so damn happy and, and gave me inspired me to continue to keep pushing and inspired me to continue to do dope things. Um, so being able to see him now part of a crew that cares about gaming in a real way, uh, to know how dope Greg and the rest of that crew are and that they will take care of him and put him in good spaces and help him grow. And seeing that the fact that he is helping and he is the reason why they are going to have their, their PSO, uh, I'm sorry, P, uh, PlayStation XOXO, I love you show and him be the impetus for that being a thing. Um, again, is, is huge. Having the better PlayStation podcast, wink, wink, uh, in the world than some other folks, ha <laughs> um, really does make me happy. And we wanted to take a minute to, to, to give bless some love, um, just to, to send him on his way into the stratosphere, uh, with the dope folks are kind of funny, um, and, and, and want to give him just all the love in the world, uh, for, for making his dreams into reality and, and, and figuring out good ways to be able to, to, to do that work. Um, so bless wherever you are right now. Uh, congratulations, fam. I love you, fam. Uh, it's dope to be able to see you grow like this. Um, and don't forget the little people when you blow up. Uh, it means that you definitely have a space here, uh, at, at, at spawn on me, uh, whenever you want to rock with us, you are, you are down to, to be able to do that. Um, and that's mostly it for this episode of the spawn on me podcast. A couple of quick things before we dip up out of here. Um, I want to give a bunch of love to Joshua Rivera and to Gita Jackson this week as well, who are leaving Kotaku uh, to go do their own things. I think Gita's going to Motherboard. I think uh, Joshua is going uh, back to GQ to go do some some game stuff there. Two of those folks make amazing work in the world. Make sure you're repping them wherever they go. Joshua did such a fantastic job with the uh, uh, story he did on Kotaku about Mortal Kombat and how workers in that space were traumatized because of having to research ways to make good fatalities. Um, that was a really fantastic piece and spoke to something that I care about. And Gita Jackson, of course, who is also a, a former, former uh, Bricago, uh resident, or she's always a Bricago resident. She, she, she just never left. She just hasn't come back in a while. Um, who continued to, to grow leaps and bounds throughout her work, throughout the, the, the time she's been at Kotaku. Um, and, you know, really put a, a fantastic spotlight on the No Man's Sky community uh, during the time that she was there at Kotaku and really made me happy about um, being a part of that community and loving the stuff that was there um, for that space. So massive love to, to Gita and Joshua. Bon voyage to, to both of you making dope work in the world. Um, and we're going to dip up out of here for this episode of Spawn on Me. Again, make sure you're hitting, on us, hitting us up on all our social channels. Uh, we're growing our YouTube stuff. So these 
uh, segments will then get broken out into individual videos that will go up on our YouTube channel. Uh, that's the plan from this part going forward. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. Uh, so you can get first access to some more thoughts, which is our addendum show uh, that goes along with spawn on me proper. Uh, where you hear me get to talk about things you might've missed during the week and some other, st- other stuff and topics that go along with our show. And again, make sure you're following us on Instagram at spawn on me podcast there uh, at spawn on me on Twitter, me at Kaja Kins on Twitter as well. Um, and youtube.com slash spawn on me for our YouTube content. Thank you so much for coming back. I hope you are enjoying the new stuff that we have here on Twitch. Uh, I hope that you're digging all this stuff. Please let us know, shoot us feedback as well on our webpage, uh, where you can also sign up for our newsletter there. Um, and tell us how we're doing and tell me how I can make the show better for you in 2020 massive amounts of love to you all. And until then we say peace.